Logan here, going to say we've been on a journey of sorts with cancer and as I've dove and researched, I have come across somebody that has the perfect plan. He happens to be a New York Times best-selling author of The Maker's Diet, has been very successful in uh, supplements. The Ancient Nutrition is actually one of his companies with Dr. Josh Axe. It's Jordan Rubin. He is absolutely phenomenal in what he's done. Lots of books on cancer, regenerative agriculture, and uh, faith. Faith is a big deal. I am so excited to sit down and visit with him and share the wonderful message for you. Welcome to the Sewing Prosperity Podcast with host Logan Duvall. This father of four is an Arkansas successful small business owner whose world was turned upside down with the cancer diagnosis of his then five-year-old son. As Napoleon Hill famously stated, every adversity, every failure, every heartbreak carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. Come and join us on our journey to create a Blue Zone community with a focus on a holistic approach to anti-cancer, regenerative farming, and strengthening local economies. I am so excited. I have studied and researched all kinds of uh, approaches and there is nobody that I have read and been more aligned with or admired more than your work. And I'm just sad that I didn't get, a, get to it sooner uh, than I did. Uh, just to let you know just a little bit about, about us is my, I have a farmer's market in, in North Little Rock and lost my grandpa to cancer who, who was one of the founders and starters of this market. Uh, fast forward a little bit more, my, my five-year-old was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And so that has kind of been the catalyst for, for my journey. And so when I read about you and Grandma Rose and then your own personal aspects and then how it led you to the farming and supplements, I just, I just wanted to visit with you, brother, and, uh, and try to share the work that you've put out in the world. And uh, to, the last thing, and then I'm going to give you the floor, the, your faith, your faith is what set it apart for me. Like, I just, I admire that, the unapologetic, I am who I am and I believe in God and that we went through this is beautiful, my man. And uh, so thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So you have a farm in Missouri, right? That uh, is all about regenerative. And back to the Team Yak thing, the uh, water buffalo was super cool. You, you sent me down a rabbit, rabbit trail with that one. And it uh, turns out there's a, a big time farm in Texarkana, uh, not too far from us, that they focus on, on water buffalo and then the dairy and stuff. So what, uh, what's your biggest passion behind the regenerative aspect of, of farming? Well, first of all, are you talking about Turkey Creek Ranch? Yes. Yeah. So that, that's uh, the place, Tom, where we bought our very first seven water buffalo. So he's great. And uh, who knows, one day if, if he uh, retires, maybe we'll take on some more buffalo. But yeah, that was our first buffalo purchase. And uh, people ask me all the time, why do you start with buffalo? And uh, I was in a church service one night. It was multiple hours that my wife took me to. And I came out of there with uh, the idea to buy yak and water buffalo and a plan to feed the planet by the year 2100. So not bad for a church service. So uh, on the regenerative side, I think I have been passionate since the mid 2000s 
to understand how to grow and raise the world's healthiest foods. I learned in the 90s during my illness that the foods that are truly healing are not always going to be available and we can't take that for granted. And uh, there are governmental agencies that have caused raw milk to be illegal and raw juices now can't be sold in health food stores anymore. And so I saw that happening in 96. I didn't have any money or any resources, but I knew one day I'd need to raise and grow some of the world's healthiest foods. I put that aside when I started Garden of Life and writing books and uh, promoting food, promoting farms. But it wasn't until 2008 when I knew that I needed to more or less <clears throat> invest in and become a farmer. And the regenerative aspect of farming is not much different to every system on the planet that needs to be regenerative. We regenerated. Our farmland is so degenerated that it really doesn't provide for the well-being even of the farmer him or herself. Most farmers today who farm soy corn and wheat, which makes up 245 million acres, don't eat their own food. So if you're a farmer that can't eat your food, that's like a doctor not taking your medicine, right? I mean, bad, bad analogy maybe. So I knew that I needed to be a part of raising and growing the world's healthiest foods, but I was a suburb slicker. So I didn't really have a green thumb or even a green pinky, but I began in 2009 to assemble farmland and work with some really smart minds. And ultimately I felt like God downloaded something that was uh, an answer to uh, not just what I wanted to see, but the world. And so it, the name regenerative agriculture is, is a great one. I love regenerative I think we need to regenerate our health, our education system, our food system, our medical system, and definitely agriculture. And I think, frankly, we have adopted a reductionist mentality. We try to kill everything. And what we've ultimately done is we've turned the laws of nature against us. And we're going to lose if we don't learn how to work with God's creation. So that's a long answer to a short question, but uh, no, I love agriculture is a heartbeat of mine. And my personal mission statement is to heal the planet, feed the world and eradicate disease. So uh, why aim small when there's big problems? Moonshot, my friend, moonshot. I think you outlined and laid out a plan and the ideas perfectly in your book, Planet Heal Thyself. I think that that is, uh, that book has to be on everybody's must read list. It, it, it is that powerful um, it's my new favorite book. Another thing that you said, actually, brother, I dove in to research you. When it started clicking, it started clicking. And in one of your talks, you mentioned Hosea 4.6. And I was blown away. Um, I believe it was Oasis Church that, that you were at and, and spoke at. When my baby was diagnosed. I said the doctors were going to do their part. God was going to do his part and I was going to do mine. And I think that that's why you and I are on this call right now is I want to continue learning because cancer to me is like this darkness. It's uh, you hit on it a lot of times in your talks that it's spiritual. It's emotional. There's, there is a lot going on with cancer. And the only way that I feel that we can overcome darkness is not by more darkness, not the war on drugs, the war on this. It, it, it hasn't worked, but by turning on a light. I think that that's what we're doing. And by farming 
in a way that is uh, biodynamic and you're putting nutrients that we're completely devoid in, in, in what we eat, is the solution. Um, yeah, I, I think um, faith is the key and uh, works or action is the door. So you, you can have a key, but if you unlock the door and stand there and don't walk through it, then that's a serious issue. And so I think that when I see people fail and, and look with cancer, failing means oftentimes death. It's because they haven't had faith and then also taken action. But I do think hope is something really important. And most people have a challenge determining what the difference is between faith and hope. And I'm not saying I'm an expert there, but faith, I believe, is something you can talk yourself into. But hope is that energy that allows you to feel it. So I had faith during my initial illness with Crohn's disease, but I lacked hope until a man who taught me how to eat like the Bible infused it into me. When I was battling cancer, I had faith and hope, and I even had joy. In fact, I don't think you can have joy without that hope. Uh, and what's interesting is Hebrews 11.1 1 says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. But then the question is, if you believe it, can you live like that? And that's, listen, I, I would love to think that I have all the faith that I need, but I need more. And it's faith and wisdom are two elements that are more valuable than anything in this world. Because I think if we have faith versus fear and wisdom versus really, I'll, I'll say possessions or feeling like we have arrived, we've got everything. And, and certainly the Bible talks about prizing wisdom above all currency and gems and jewels, et cetera. So, so that's, that's really the key for me. But I, I oftentimes lack the faith that I should have based on all that God's done for me. And um, the other thing I do like about faith, though, is that once you have faith and you see something materialize, it gives you faith in a much greater window. When I was living in a motorhome and deathly ill, I needed to have faith that I could get raw dairy products, raw carrot juice, sourdough, Kamut bread, and some grass-fed meat and eggs the next day to put in my cooler. Um, then uh, now I have the faith that I'm going to be a catalyst in helping heal the planet. So there was a lot of steps in between, but faith is also like a muscle. You have to work it harder than you normally should so that it can build back bigger than it normally would. Uh, I actually just came up with that now. I, you got to jot that down. That's a good one. But I, the that faith was is like a muscle thing. Is, uh, it's been a big one for me. And um, faith's like a muscle. The land that we're working and uh, putting stress, maximum stress, maximum rest, it's uh, kind of all, all ties together. You, you hit on a big point there because I struggle with that. Um, so Lander, my, my son, he's been cancer-free for almost two years, but every time those scans come around, you, the what ifs, the what did I do this right? What if I didn't do that? And and it's a struggle. Um, and I'm far from a, anywhere near a perfect Christian. I'm probably like the worst Christian. But the faith is a big, big struggle. Uh, Jordan, something else that I, I admire about you so much is the solution focus. The, hey, I'm going to attack this uh, missionpreneur, so to speak, but hey, what's the 
problem and now let's give it a solution. Um, you've done that with your supplement companies, your, your books, the farm, all of that is solution based entrepreneurship and, and it's, making, it's making a big impact. So how would you encourage somebody else to get on, on that uh, parallel or, or how do you encourage somebody to really attack problems by creating those solutions? I think every business endeavor, ministry, anything that we want to start really needs to be solution oriented. The only reason someone would need a product or a service or a business is to solve a problem. And I would argue that you should try to solve a problem that currently isn't being solved or isn't being adequately solved. I always wonder why we need churches on every corner that are essentially competing. Why do we need the same dietary supplements that are just with a different label on them, but the same exact product? Why is there a McDonald's across the street from a Burger King? Uh, I'm really interested in being innovative, first or best. Um, you know, it, it, Ricky Bobby once said it well, either you're first or last. Um, so that's, that's definitely not biblical, by the way. But I think uh, we, we have to solve problems. And every single day, I am hopeful that God will give me answers to solve problems, whether they're small or big. And the one thing you have to be really careful of, the only way you learn how to solve problems is by going through problematic circumstances. And that's what is so, so hard. So once you think you've arrived, once you think, even if you're still a student, which I learn things every single day, lots of things, uh, you can really only learn how to solve problems from having them. So I'll you know, just give you an example. We, we live in Tennessee now for the last six years, which is a different climate than Florida, less humid, et cetera. And uh, we are working on dealing with things that the seasons in Tennessee bring. That's why my, I seem to be having a little sinus thing today. And not that I don't know what to do for that. I, I go to my sort of tried and true, I'll say protocol. But the other thing is the, the preponderance of dry skin is much greater. And so this is just something that came to my mind with my whole family pretty much. But I'm learning because of dry skin on my son's knees and my daughter's hands, which fats actually work the best for lubricating the skin. And I would also argue that if a fat works better externally, it's probably going to work better internally. And guess what? These are not fats that are super popular in all of our skincare products today. But again, that's how you, you come up with a solution. Virtually every company that I've started came out of a challenge or an illness that I experienced. And I'm hoping that uh, we can start companies other ways in the future, because that would be my preference. But um, really, that's, that's what life's about. I also know that when you are going through something in your health and your marriage and your finances with your kids, you need to have faith. And like we talked about hope that God will get you through it, that he's already paid the price that you need to consider it done, have that substance you're hoping for, but also know that your challenges and struggles are really designed for you to share those with others who are inevitably going to be in the same situation. So that's another I'll say rule that I abide by. I really try to look at that sort of focus because I know that what I'm going through is not unique. And if I can navigate through it uh, by the grace of God, then I can be a, a voice to help others. When I was sick 
I visited some of the top doctors in the world during the time with Crohn's disease, et cetera. And they had lots of diplomas on their walls and lots of certifications, but I really wanted to meet somebody who had been where I was and conquered that, that would have been more important to me than all of the credentials in the world or how, you know, people ran, this is the number three gastroenterologist in the state, like based on what medication prescribed. I don't, I don't know what makes you, uh, how many tubes you stick up somebody's rear end, but point is um, these challenges are going to come and the solutions that you are able to, I will say come up with or have revealed to you can not only help you get through your circumstances, they can help others, they can start businesses, they can start ministries, and there you have it. And I'm sure in, you know, if, if you are inheriting a legacy of a farmer's market or at least a, a booth at a farmer's market, which is not as big as you know, a booth at a farmer's market, it's not a massive business. But if you have a booth at a farmer's market and you're offering something that the attendees want that isn't currently being provided, you're solving a problem. And Big things start with small beginnings. Love it. Love it. If there is one thing anybody that, that hears or listens to this can take away and apply to better, better their own community, do you, do you have a, a one thing that do, do this and, and we can help? You know, it's funny. Uh, my son is a senior in high school, one of my children, and he plays football. And so he needed a quote for the yearbook. And this will tell you a little bit about me. I'm a child of the eighties and, and I'm getting somewhere with this, trust me. So you could go with all kinds of quotes. And I bet a lot of people potentially are either using Bible verses or great war generals quotes or something from mother Teresa or uh, somebody who, who has um, been on the moon, whatever. Um, so I suggested the great quote from Rocky three by Apollo Creed. He repeated it three times when Rocky was not willing to put in the work, the training so that he could go fight Clubber Lang, Mr. T's character a second time. Uh, he, he said uh, when he was getting beat up and, and the training was too hard, he said, let's do it tomorrow. And Apollo Creed said, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. And that's actually biblical, right? We are not promised tomorrow. Um, so I'll say that there is no tomorrow, but I can also say it another way. Tomorrow is only going to be the sum parts of what you're willing to engage in today. And, and that goes for health. That goes for wealth. That goes for relationships. What are you willing to invest today? Because that's who you're going to be tomorrow, quite literally. And you might say, well, I can't get healthier tomorrow. Get an extra hour of sleep tonight and see if you don't. Get it I, right before this podcast. I got ten minutes of sunshine just sitting outside, kind of chilly, but I know how important that is, especially if I'm fighting a little cold. So I I don't want to say that's the number one bit of advice I could ever give. I probably would answer that question differently, perhaps uh, if I was asked it next week. But I will say this: that um, we are not promised tomorrow. But if we live until tomorrow, we're going to be the sum of everything we were yesterday plus today. And I think no matter where you are, who you are, what you're doing, you can make improvements and become better, not older, not less useful, not sicker, not broker, not that that's a word, um, but 
what are you going to do today that will impact tomorrow? I, I am really big on fitness and I'm training my kids. Some of them are athletes. Some of them are, I'll say performers, but how are you going to be better tomorrow? If you don't stretch yourself today, it goes back to what we said about the muscles, the ground, our faith, all of it needs to be stretched, if not stressed, to build back stronger tomorrow. I love it. I love it. Well, I have four kids, so I, uh, I could use all the tips in the world. So uh, developing all those muscles is, uh, sounds pretty important. Uh, Jordan, thank you. I'm, I will make sure everybody has links to go research you more and recommendations, but your, your book, uh, Maker's Diet, is great. But Planet Heal Thyself, that, that's a big deal, my friend. That needs to be courses and scream from the rafters. I mean, that's a, that is the blueprint. And uh, I hope to share that through you know, our magazine and the other, other forums that, that we do. But thank you. Thank you for taking the time uh, to, to visit and, and share your wisdom. My pleasure. And I'll be, uh, I'll be praying. Is it a son or a daughter? Did you say? Son. Yeah. All right. Well, we, what's his name? Lander. All right. So how do we pray for Lander? You already said that, but uh, I think my head's a little stuffy. So mind if yeah. I pray for Lander right here, Abs right now? Absolutely. My friend. Father God, I thank you for making Lander in your image. And it's so easy to look and wonder what happened, what's wrong, what's broken. But I pray right now, Lord God, that your word, which says, by your stripes, Lander is healed because it says by your stripes, we have been healed. And I know that there's scans and I know that there's therapies, but I pray Lord for great faith. I pray for uh, sustained healing. And I do pray that Logan and his family would understand how to help Lander stretch, become better today so that the, the next scan isn't a concern. It's more about how much stronger and better will Lander be? So we, we believe, Lord God, that you have paid for Lander's healing. We thank you, Lord God, that um, the blood of the lamb is infused in his body, flowing through his veins. He is a new creation, a joint heir with Jesus as the righteousness of Christ. We thank you for his testimony. I pray for wisdom for Logan, that you would give him everything more than that, exceedingly abundantly more than he could ever ask, think, or imagine in his family, in his mission, and his purpose, grow everything that he's doing, uh, that the work of his hands, what he puts his hand to would be magnified, and he could play a role in the greatest mission of all, seeing your people, your planet regenerated, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. God bless. Have a good day, Jordan.